We are big fans of the semiconductor manufacturing equipment space. We have shared numerous videos with you here in recent weeks about that subsegment of the industry. Early this year, we revealed that we started investing in a small cap stock called Onto Innovation. And in recent weeks, we shared that we started buying its much larger peer, KLA Core. Thought I'd just take a few moments here, get plenty of questions about what is our framework here for investing in stocks, not just in the semiconductor industry, but in general. I'd like to walk you through that, how I arrived at this process, and hopefully you get some takeaways that you can apply for yourself as you develop your own framework for investing. Then uh, I'll explain why did we do onto innovation a few months ago and now its larger peer KLA at this point in time. So very generally speaking, there are two different types of investment frameworks out there. There is a top-down approach that first starts with looking at macroeconomic factors. So it might be something like GDP growth, uh, whether or not the economy is headed for a recession. That is the start, the general framework. On the opposite end of the spectrum, there's what's called the bottom-up investment framework, and that looks at individual company valuations and fundamentals first, and then working back towards macroeconomics. So on one end of the spectrum, macroeconomics, on the opposite end of the spectrum, generally speaking, company fundamentals. So here at Chipstock Investor, we generally land somewhere actually in between. So let me give you the five basic steps because we start in between, but it is ultimately, I guess you could say a top-down approach. Before continuing, let me remind you to hit the like button and subscribe to the channel if this video is helpful as you do your own investment research and increase your knowledge of business and technology. We really appreciate the support as subscribing to the channel helps us continue putting out content like this. So step one, where are we at in the overall economic cycle. Uh, this is a very general step that we do not update very often here when looking at our framework. However, it is a good starting point when thinking about putting money to work. When metrics like GDP growth are slowing or even worse, contracting like they are here in 2023, there's constant talk about risk of recession. That's actually roughly the time of maximum Opportunity. When economic growth is accelerating or peaking, opportunities start to dwindle. So generally speaking, this is kind of where we start when we think about whether or not we want to put money to work. Step two, what industries are growing and why? So we are interested in secular growth trends. So not an industry benefiting from uh, some sort of one-time effect. So this would generally rule out, say, let's say the oil and energy industry that is highly tied to a rising oil price. Uh, rising prices might last for a while, but that's typically going to be just a couple year trend at most before resuming towards some sort of cyclicality. We're looking for secular growth trends that are not cyclical, trends that are going to last for a decade or decades perhaps it's an industry being disrupted by a secular growth trend. So an example of this might be e-commerce and 
the two-decade run it had highly disrupting the retail industry. Or for a secular growth trend that kind of just stands on its own would be semiconductors. We are now 70 years plus in this secular growth trend, and it looks like it is only heating up here in 2023 and expected to last until 2030. Step three, once homing in on a particular industry, we start looking for the industry leaders, figuring out who's who in the space, how they relate to each other, how fast they're growing, and generally just how the industry operates overall. Maybe an example of how this is, is we have showed you our semiconductor industry flowchart. We like to put these together and just basically map out the different subsegments of an industry, the top companies in each of those subsegments, and try to figure out how they all work together, who's growing the most, who's generating the most profit margins, and why. That leads to step number four, where we start assessing individual company business models. So if there is a general secular trend within an industry, who's benefiting the most? And why might they continue to benefit the most from a secular growth trend? So again, maybe using our semiconductor industry flowchart, just as an example, we have really homed in on the manufacturing equipment space. Why? Well, within this secular growth trend, there has been increasing amount of focus on this particular space because to prevent a, a future chip shortage like what happened in 2020 and 2021, you need to build more fabs. And if you want to build a fab, you need to go buy the equipment that goes into that fab, the equipment that actually makes the chips. So no matter who you are, Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing, Intel, Texas Instruments, Samsung, whoever, you all have to go to this particular group of businesses. And they tend to generate very high and consistent profit margins because they're an oligopoly. It's a choke point within the industry. And then step number five, what is the current valuation on those stocks that we are interested in? Is it a reasonable value? Is it a as Warren Buffett says, a wonderful company. We look at things like revenue growth, profit margins, and balance sheet health. How much cash and short-term investments do they have versus debt? We try to figure out what the growth expectations will be for that business over the long term, and then try to stick a fair value on the stock. This final step is one we spend a bit less time on, specifically the, the valuation of the business. Of course, we wanna make sure there are strong fundamentals, but as far as the actual valuation goes, we are concerned with it, but we would put this right underneath macroeconomic factors as the least important thing in our particular framework, or I should say maybe the thing we spend the least amount of time on. Most of our time and research go into steps three and four figuring out how an industry works and who's who within it, and then studying the business models within that industry, who's best suited for long-term growth. And then finally, 
the fundamentals of the business. Lots of nuance to this framework. Happy to talk about it. Hit us up if you have any questions. We're always learning here and looking for ways to improve our process as to why we decided to start purchasing KLA Core stock or CLAC. Use this general framework for years to kind of home in on the semiconductor manufacturing equipment space. This is an industry that we've been interested in for many years. And our first love in the industry was none other than the largest company by revenue, Applied Materials. That's where we started. We've owned Applied Materials for, I think, I think since early 2019, uh, kind of in the midst of the U.S.-China trade war, we saw a deal was to be had on Applied Materials. That's where we started. And then later on, we branched out from there. We added the lithography specialist ASML holding. And then late in 2022 and early 2023, we started adding some small cap names into the mix. So a little company called Air Test Systems. I'll do a separate update on that after they report their next quarterly earnings update, hopefully by early to mid-July. But another one that we really liked, onto innovation that we started buying. This company specifically spends most of its time making metrology and process diagnostic and control equipment for the semiconductor manufacturing space. Small business, high growth. We see lots of opportunity there because they make equipment that's specifically geared towards advanced chip making. So think uh, high performance compute in the cloud and AI as more of those chips proliferate throughout the economy, we see lots of opportunity for onto and trading at less than 20 times one year forward earnings early this year, we thought it was an appropriate time to take a position in that company. Strong fundamentals, cheap valuation, and of course, this model we thought could sustain above average growth for a long time. Now, where we started was actually with KLA Core, a company that we've been studying for years. And we think metrology and process control will remain a very high growth segment of the manufacturing equipment space for years to come. There's a few reasons why this is. Now, in our last video, Casey and I shared with you some of our charts that we've made and some data provided by semi.org showing currently there's a bit of a slump in the semiconductor equipment space in 2023. A lot of companies kind of hitting the pause button to manage a potential recession, tightening their belts, saving on costs, but billings. So this is money being committed for the future purchase of equipment in the coming years, continuing to run higher. It's because there are dozens of new fabs that have been planned and are just now starting to break ground. Uh, some 50 of them worldwide in 2022 and 2023. Semi.org has reported they see some half a trillion dollars worldwide will have been invested in chip fabs by the end of 2024. It's an incredible amount of money and all of this money going to ultimately flow through this very, very small choke point, the 
semiconductor manufacturing equipment space. Now on the front end of this, whenever you have a new fab that gets built and then production within it starts to ramp up, metrology and process control becomes very, very important. Chip fabs need this equipment to test out whether or not this new manufacturing line they've just fired up is working as intended. They also need this equipment to control their yield. How many good usable chips are they getting out of those silicon wafers? And metrology and process control, also very important as companies invest research and development dollars into the next generation of chips. So we actually think over the next, say, three to five years, uh, this metrology space, which was a very, very hot little niche within the manufacturing equipment space, will actually continue to be uh, very, very hot. A lot of companies need this new metrology equipment, and KLA is the leader in metrology and process control. Now, much like onto innovation, KLA core stock also jumped here in recent months. Some investors have also started to catch wind of, of this, and KLA Core was particularly cheap earlier this year, but we still think a very, very attractive valuation right now. Onto innovation, now well over 20 times one year forward expected earnings. Uh, we like the position that we have, but not nearly as cheap as it was. KLA Core, it is currently trading for about 20 times trailing 12-month free cash flow. And based on Wall Street analyst expectations, trades for about 21, 22 times one year forward expected earnings. What that means is while this particular part of the industry is expected to be in decline in 2023, maybe even through the first quarter or so of 2024, KLA Core is actually expected to hold relatively steady. Its earnings are not expected to change much from this current year to next year. Basically a business that's expected to outperform most of its peers. These are Wall Street analyst expectations. By the end of KLA's fiscal year 2024, now KLA's fiscal year ends each summer. So this fiscal 2024 is basically June of next year, June of 2024, the company largely expected to be back in growth mode. So most of the declines you see here in revenue expected in the first two quarters of fiscal 2024. Basically, that corresponds with the second half of calendar year 2023, and then growth expected to resume during calendar year 2024 and into calendar year 2025. Gap earnings per share expectations, you can see how that translates into actual profitability, just a bit of revenue growth coming back, expected to create a big surge in earnings per share growth, starting with the second half of KLA's fiscal 2024, basically the first half of calendar year 2024, and into 2025. Based on our own estimates, we actually have a bit rosier outlook for KLA Core, owing to the fact that it has a very broad portfolio. So Onto Innovation could potentially take a significant hit this year because it focuses mostly on high-end 
chip manufacturing processes. KLA focuses on mature chip manufacturing and also some advanced chip manufacturing. So it's able to pivot. And right now, some of those mature chip manufacturing processes think chips that go into autos, energy grid applications, uh, industrial robotics, advanced chips, new chips, and a lot more of them that are needed in the next year or two, but maybe not the highest end, most advanced chips like going into the cloud and AI, generative AI. KLA has great exposure to these mature manufacturing processes. And we all know how many automakers are in need of a lot more semiconductors in the years ahead. So KLA able to pivot its attention to this part of the market. And we actually think their earnings have the potential to just basically flatline over the next year before returning to significant growth by calendar year 2024 and beyond. We think this stock is a great value, one that we plan to buy and then hold for the indefinite future. That'll do it for today. Again, hit us up if you have any questions about our investment process, how and when we decide to invest on the stock. And if you've got questions about developing your own investment framework, got more coming up. We've been working on an update to Universal Display, a small little known company that could be a big beneficiary from the Apple Vision Pro. We'll talk about that. Stay tuned. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and hit the bell. Take care, everyone.